Hi there, I'm Ollie from near Philadelphia. And I'm Sina from Ohio. Welcome to Backlist and Chill. We are on season two, episode five right now. So you've got quite a backlog you can catch up on if this is your first Backlist and Chill. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what is it we do here? Uh, we read books yes. that we liked when we were younger. Yes. And we look at them with our cynical adult brains. God, we do. And we get drunk because sometimes it hurts. Yeah. Sometimes it's great, but sometimes it's just, you need the booze to live through it. Mm-hmm. Today's episode, we are in our Amelia Atwater Rhodes season. And what is this book? We're reading Midnight Predator, the fourth of the old Den of Shadows series. Yes. We we took a little uh, jump ahead in episode four to read the sequel to Shattered Mirror. So we read All Just Glass. But now... Mm-hmm. We're back. We're back. We're back to the year what, Ollie? Oh, this is the year 2002. Mm, I've got my nice little hardcover first edition on this one here. Yes. Nice. Let me smell it. Well, it it doesn't smell like book yet. I wonder if it will smell like book next year. It needs some more time to age. Mine's also a first edition. Nice. Because my, my Shattered Mirror definitely smelled like book. So while you've been talking about that, I've been sticking my nose in every part of this book. Does it smell like right. book? It doesn't smell like book. Hold on, I'm going to check. Because I have two. Okay. I wonder if it's a different kind of paper. They might have switched. Maybe. It does seem like more... It's like smoother. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have that porousness. Well, this is a weird thing to discover. Yeah, the other one doesn't smell like book either. It's mm. weird. Even though it was living with other books for a really long time. Right? They should have like absorbed bookness. Like if you're sitting in like a used bookshop where all yeah. of the, like, it smells you smell like, like a used, used bookshop. bookshop. Right? No, this just smells like, it almost smells like latex. Like Really? Yeah, it almost like a balloon. Mine smells just sort of... Like, it smells vaguely like paper, but kind of, just kind of clean, I guess. Just like new paper, almost. It smells, it does. It smells like a, when you open a new pack of printer paper. Ah, uh, you know, I can see that. I can see that. Weird. It's so strange to be having the same scent experience. <laughs> Normally you can't do that. You can just share, like, sight and sound and stuff. But today, <laughs> we can experience the same feel of book. Mm, the same feeling. Same same look. Mm-hmm. Same look. Same same sound when you like crack open the pages and flip the books. Mm. And smell it. Mm. And it smells know, like just smells like weird boring. Boring, yeah, paper. At least they're still using coaching, so yes. like the pros still that hasn't, good. That hasn't changed. We're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> we just spent five minutes talking about paper <laughs> talking smells. About, yeah. Welcome. Welcome to this good podcast content. We're so excellent. <laughs> so uh, in the year 2002, it looks like they stopped using the good, good paper. <laughs> they stopped using the good shit. That good book smelling vanilla earth paper that I love so much. Because man, remember we talked about that when we opened up uh, in the forest of the night and it was just mm-hmm. like, oh, that smell. It smells like books. Maybe it needs to just, like, age for another, like, five years. I think so. I think to so. To acquire that book smell. We'll find out. We'll definitely have to come back and see if when it's, like, 20 years All old, right. how it smells. Set a date on your Google Calendar five years from now. Check it we'll out. Smell these fucking books. Well, because otherwise, this is what books are just going to smell like. Oh, that's sad. Right? Like, that's not, that's not normal. 
Clearly, we just have to read older books. Yep. All right. What are you drinking? Well, in honor of our protagonist, uh, Turquoise, I'm going to say Draca. See, I say Draca. Mm, You're wrong. Uh, (laughs) One of us is wrong. (laughs) We'll never know. Uh, I like when we say things differently. It's fun. In honor of Turquoise, I am having a Turquoise daiquiri. It looks beautiful. It's a lot of alcohol. It's rum, triple sec, and mm. blue curacao. I think yes. is how you say that. Yeah. Curacao. Which gives it that pretty color. And then you put in some lime juice and pineapple juice. Lime juice and pineapple juice are my favorites. Yeah. And it's very pretty. It's got that nice turquoise color. Yeah. Uh, I promptly took it and dumped about a cup of pineapple juice in there because it's very strong yeah no that's that's fine that's i need to be able to drink this but it photographs nicely (laughs) before i did that right so yeah what are you drinking oh man all right so uh just to let everybody know so i'm up visiting uh, my brother's cats because he's getting married tomorrow yay but he's got three cats so uh I'm, i'm like hey i'll come up and i'll visit these big old cats but because I had to take a car up here, there was no time to stop and go to the store. So I couldn't get my intended Alcamahals, which was I was going to reprise the delicious uh, chocolate beer, dirty little freak that I drank for uh, Demon in My View. So instead, knowing I wasn't going to be able to do that, I just grabbed every fucking nip that I had. I brought a little thing of Kentucky Street bourbon whiskey. That's sweet. <laughs> Thank uh, I brought a little thing of Di Sirono Amaretto, which, like, I love. I usually like to drink that with a little bit of milk. It's a love potion, but I don't have any milk, so we're just gonna drink it straight. I also brought a little tiny nip of Kahlua. That's always fun. And Bailey's Irish cream. I love Bailey's. I could drink Bailey's straight. Now, the other two that I'm very, uh, I'm excited for one of them, and the other is like, okay, we'll see. I've just got some Bacardi Gold that I'm borrowing, again, well, stealing from my brother, and then the one I'm really excited for, and I just opened it up, and it actually does smell kind of nice, is a Smirnoff fluffed marshmallow uh, infused vodka. Good luck, my dude. It smells pretty. Like, I wouldn't want to always wear this as a uh, perfume, but uh-huh. like, if it was one of those days where you're like, I'm going to go out and be a sugar fucking plum fairy. Uh, if I smelled like vanilla and sugar, that'd be fine. <laughs> but I'm pouring this into a little bit of Sprite because I have Sprite. And then I'll try the Bacardi. And then um, I'll probably try that Di Sirono and then the bourbon. So this is going to be an adventure. Yeah, you're getting mini bar toasted. I am because I got nothing else. I think it's interestingly thematic to me to just do these like, here's just some straight fucking liquor. Very simple, very straightforward. Like, Turquoise does live in a very black and white world without it being, like, the theme like it was for Sarah in the past <laughs> two books. Uh-huh. So, like, I could see her just fucking Jessica Jonesing it <laughs> and being like, here's booze, I'm just gonna drink it from the bottle. So, in honor of having poured that shit into the glass toast, here we go, gotta try. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Oh god, it needs more Sprite. well it was an experiment i'm gonna Uh, drink the whole new thing i did i'm gonna drink that whole like it's basically two shots but not with two shots of the vodka Mm. it's like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a shot and a half of sprite but oh even the fucking down it even the littlest bit of that fucking fluffed marshmallow in here is too much uh, 
Alright, so you want to blurb it? Shall I read the cover flap? Go ahead. Though she was once a happy teenager with a wonderful family and a full life, Turquoise Draca is now a hunter, committed to no higher purpose than making money and staying alive. Ah, ah, ah. In a deadly world of vampires, shapeshifters, and mercenaries, she'll track any prey if the price is right. Her current assignment? To assassinate Jessica, one of the cruelest vampires in history. Her employer, an unknown contact who wants the job done fast. Her major obstacle? She'll have to hide her strength and enter Midnight, a fabled vampire realm, as a human slave. The disguise is difficult for Turquoise. Feigning submission forces her to confront the miserable days of slavery she endured when a handsome vampire murdered her family and forced her into his service. As a hunter, she suppressed all memories of those days, banishing weakness and sentiment, training her body and mind to focus on her deadly work. Now, as a slave in this mythical city, she serves Jaguar, a kind master tormented by his own past. Jaguar, a vampire and slave owner, may be just the creature to release the humanity turquoise long ago locked away. Whoa, that blurb is a mess. I was pretty rough at the end there. Mm, all right. So uh, I'm going to start with, I hate that Turquoise was once a happy teenager with a wonderful family and a full life. I think that's boring as shit. <laughs> Deadly world of vampire shapeshifters and mercenaries. Like, but are shapeshifters not really important in this book? So why, why we bring it up? Well, this is the first time that we see them. Like, oh, is it? Actual shapeshifters, yeah. Oh, shit. I guess you're right. They're, like, incidental shapeshifters guarding the place, but the major one is Jaguar. Yeah. See, I think the Jaguar should have just been a shapeshifter. That would have made this more interesting. I Well, here's the thing for me, is that Jaguar is a shapeshifter, and that's part of his backstory. Right, he was turned into a vampire, and he retains his ability to shapeshift. Right. The interesting thing, though, is that we've spent the past couple of books dealing, well... Not the past couple. The two before that, dealing with vampires who can shapeshift. Right? So what's the difference? You don't know. Yeah. Because, like, okay, so we've gotten to that point where, like, okay, I guess this line can't just do it. Yeah. But it doesn't distinguish Jaguar that much because, like... He's just Rasika or Aubrey. Right. There are other vampires who can do the same thing, but kind of better because they don't just have one form. Right? They can turn in whatever the fuck they want to today. Right. Yeah, I, I think it would have been more interesting if Jaguar was, like, straight up a shapeshifter and that was his thing and what he did and, like, that... Because we know that some of the shapeshifters, you know, later, can live for hundreds of years. So, like, it wouldn't be that surprising if he was, like... Because he's, what, only, like, 200 years old or something? I honestly don't know. I don't think he's that old. I think he's so... He's less than 400, because Jessica's 400. So She's only 400? Yeah. Jeez. They mentioned that, like, in the 1600s. Maybe she was the 1400s? I don't know. Was it the 16? I don't remember. I don't remember. She's not that old. He could have just been a shapeshifter is where I'm going with this. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Assassinate Jessica, one of the cruelest vampires in history. Like... But is she? I don't know. We just, she's, it's a lot of like, oh, we say she's cruel, but we don't actually see it. Uh... Okay. All right. No, no, no. I understand. She's a fucking slave (laughs) owner and it's terrible, Uh... but, but she's only had 400 some odd years to be cruel. So I don't think. Here's the thing. You have like Fala and Aubrey and all of them who have been like kind of assholes for thousands of years or whatever. Jessica set up an institution. That's fair. She institutionalized her evil. I feel like you can have that title. Sure. Okay. All right. You know what? I'll let you. Uh, I think that there are other ones that we hear did more horrible shit in the past. I'm going to go with, I would like to change this to, 
the cruel one of the cruelest vampires in modern history. Uh, sure. Because okay. I think that it's just that we're dealing with her evil more actively these days than some of the shit we hear others did like thousands of years ago. It's just like it's such in the past that no one thinks about it where they're like, oh, well, this person like killed this whole city or whatnot. So like, I think that given time, she could definitely like, had she been around for thousands of years? Holy shit. I don't know what humanity would have fucking done with her. But right now she's one of the worst things to happen in the past like five centuries. I definitely feel like we're forced to engage with Jessica's evil more than we're forced to engage with anybody else's. Right? Like, Aubrey, who's a goddamn fucking, like, love interest protagonist. Right. Even Fala. Like, whatever Fala's done in the past, right now all she's doing is tormenting Jessica. (laughs) Right now all she's doing is, like, throwing bottles in a fucking bar. Right. So, like, nobody seems as evil in comparison to Jessica, who, again, like, institutionalized slave. Yes. Blah, blah, weakness, training, now as a slave in this mythical city. It's not a city, it's just, it's just a building. It's one building. It's one yes. building. One um, square building. Right, like, like, New Mayhem, that's a city. Mm-hmm. Midnight should have been a city. That would have been cool. I mean, not cool, cool, but like, that would have been more <laughs> believable that it was a, an on-par issue for New Mayhem to be like, we gotta burn, burn, burn. Alright, and now as a slave in this mythical city, she serves Jaguar, a kind master tormented by his own past. He can just go take a flying leap. Those are oxymorons. Right? Kind master. Like, I'm a kind slave owner. Mmm, I'm a vampire slave owner and I can help unlock your humanity. Like, nope, I'm not here for this. Nope. So that's where we start with this, uh, a book. You want to talk about the rough plot? I'm gonna uh, drink sure. more of this disgusting booze. Get it over with. Get on to the next <sighs> one. Um, so, uh, Midnight Predator is, uh, told from Turquoise's point of view. It starts with her attempt to be the leader of the guild that she is a part of. This is the first time we're introduced to the, yes, uh, the vampire guilds. hunting. Well, not vampire hunting. They're just hunters. Yeah. Overall called Bruja, right? Yeah. And then there's Crimson, Onyx, and Frost. Yep. And they are Crimson, which is the best one. But, like, everybody thinks they're the coolest. I mean, that is true. It's like, uh, we're Crimson, uh, we're the super bestest. Because we'll kill anything with anything. Everybody thinks we're cool. (laughs) Uh, We hold our ceremonial uh, leadership choosing matches in really dumb conditions. Oh my god. No, listen, I've got a lot to say about that, but we're not doing that right now, so. Mm -hmm, We're just plotting. She is fighting another hunter named Raven, with a Y, Mm -hmm. to be the leader of Crimson. Crimson, they fight all night, all night and come to a draw. So their boss, come, their boss is like, "Hey, um, come back in a month <sighs> and we'll too. do this whole thing again." Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, "Okay, cool." They go to leave, and they're intercepted by a lady who we later found out is a witch. She reminded me of Carol from uh, the Arcadia Project. Oh yeah, except. With less character. Yes, because Carol's a beautiful, fucking wonderful mess. Yeah, also Carol is on page for all three books, and Jillian is on page for two chapters. It's true. So she says, hey, I want to hire you to go kill Jessica at this the hot new slave place. And Turquoise and Raven, who both have personal history being uh, slaves, agree inexplicably 
to go back into slavery to kill this lady. Actually, it's not inexplicable. It seems mostly like it's so they don't chicken out in front of each other. I know! Like, they're both just like, I do not want to do this, but you're going, I want to go. So Turquoise arranges their sale with a guy that she knows who got her out of her own slave situation, sort of. Nathaniel. Uh, He sells them back in to the new master of midnight named Jaguar. Mm -hmm. The Bob of the Jaguar shapeshifters. Wait, what? It's like, I'm a shapeshifter. My name is Jaguar. Oh, cool. So I assume you turn into a yes, okay, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm a raven named Raven. (laughs) Werewolf named Kitty. Anyway. (laughs) That's cute. Nathaniel intends to sell them to him. Uh, Instead, Jessica buys them and gifts them to him because, whoa, Jessica's at midnight. Oh my. They expected her to be because that's where they went to kill her, but still it's somehow a surprise that Jessica is at midnight. Right? But it's only because Nathaniel didn't know. Uh, so they are sold to Jaguar. They fuck around for, like, what, a day, a day and a half? Not to trigger your fucking timeline issues, but... Okay, friend, right? So when I'm reading the book, I'm like, oh, shit, I just hit timeline issues. Fuck. It's only been, like, two goddamn days. Like, it's definitely only... She's only in midnight from... So let's say they're fighting in the morning. By the end of that day, they're in midnight. They definitely sleep, and then she spends the whole next day sleeping out in the court yard well no she goes to sleep in her room and then goes to sleep in the courtyard there's two naps but then the following night all hell breaks loose when you get to that plot part and so yeah like we're only in midnight for less than 48 hours all right so they're in midnight they finally get around to trying to kill jessica they fail they fail they fail real bad jessica wants jaguar to break them but jaguar is not that kind of guy anymore i'm not that way anymore you can't make me but she can because she's the boss of him yep so it's basically like all right i'll do it just give me like he said give me a month and then she was like you have a week and he was like give me two weeks she's like you have a week you have a week (laughs) which i did appreciate (laughs) she was oh i think at first she was like she was like you have been done with them in a couple of days and he's like i need maybe he said three weeks he's like give me three weeks she's got shit left over from her last master and she's like a week he's like two a week and i'm just like oh jessica sold (laughs) so jaguar literally then is tells turquoise like hey i'm gonna turn my back please take my child with you i know right he lets her escape the 14 year old 14 year old boy servant yeah who just jessica was always mean to and he's like look he's fine when he's here with me but she's here and she's definitely gonna like take all of her anger out on my my things Right, Ugh. she's gonna break all my stuff because she's mad at me. And I'd like her not to break this 14-year-old boy I've had since he was 11. Because, again, vampires are cats. Yes, they are! Oh my god. gonna knock all of his stuff out of his cupboard because she's mad at him. So he has to make it go away for a while. So he's like, alright, you two get out of here. I'm gonna turn around and pretend I wasn't watching. Because somehow... That's acceptable. Like, he can't just let her go. No, he has to pretend that he didn't see her leaving or something. Whatever. Right. Anyway, so he lets her go. And then we get to the most interesting part of the book, which unfortunately is like the last third. Because we're almost done. Yep. So much time is spent on other stuff. In in Midnight. It's not good. It's not. Turquoise and her young ward now mm-hmm. eric go uh with nathaniel's help to a nearby town where they i don't think it's nearby 
might be further away. I don't know. Um, no, it, it's pretty close. Okay, because it's not the town that's like next right. to midnight. That Jaguar Peerage, owns. I think, is the town that Jaguar owns. They they go to one a little farther away. Uh, it's really ridiculous. It's like you got to get away from Jessica. Why don't you just go into the house across the street? <laughs> right. I mean, they're vampires. They can teleport wherever they want. So anywhere is across the street. So they go to this house that Nathaniel owns because they all have no money issues ever. No money. Oh my god, it must be so nice. They are in this house. They're having, like, it's an interesting segment where they have to spend a couple weeks pretending that they don't know about vampires. Like 28 days because she's waiting for the next challenge. Yeah, because the book ends, like, a month after it starts. So the whole thing takes place. Exactly. It takes from one full moon at the beginning to the next full moon. But most of that is just sort of fluffed away. We get 48 hours, let's call it, in midnight. A day of her, like, recouping. Mm -hmm. And so, like, yeah, we're dealing with, like, 27 days of montage. Which is fine. I'm glad a thing doesn't happen in 24 hours. Yeah. The past few books have been so condensed. Like, like, give us, this book takes place over a month. Why, thank you. Right? This allows my timeline obsessing to not trigger. Right? Because they do just kind of vague it away. Anyway, so she and this boy spend these, like, 20-some-odd days trying to re- adjust Mm -hmm. to being normal people after being literal vampire slaves for years. Right? Like, this kid, since he was 11, like, at one point she makes a comment, (laughs) like, he's such an old soul. He's an an adult. And I I thought this part was the most interesting, because Turquoise is kind of just like, what, is this what I want? Do I want to kind of get past my traumatic backstory? Do I want to live in it? She, like, meets somebody who knew her before, and she tries to, like, reconnect with him and figure out, like, if she even can reconnect with him and Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. She, She hangs out with Jaguar for some fucking reason. Know, to train her how to use the whip, which was the weapon that Raven chose for the next challenge because they were evenly matched with knives. Because these are early aughts urban fantasy and nobody uses guns. Well, it's to blood, it's not to kill. Also, though, just like, I'm pretty sure that the author did a lot of research on whips, but I still find it ridiculous that whips in novels get treated like a fucking razor blade. Oh, right? It's like, oh, it wrapped around my my neck or my wrists or whatever, and then it drew blood. And it's like, I get it. It's more like a burn, like a fabric burn, like a rope burn. Uh-huh. You get the snap? Yeah, that's gonna hurt. That's a fucking mini sonic boom against your skin. That's gonna fucking hurt. But, like, being whipped... You gotta, you gotta really fucking hurt someone like that. Like, well, it's not like there's anything attached to the end of it. Like, they're right. just whips. Right? Like, in scenes where people are being punished and whatnot. Yeah, no, that shit will fuck you up. That will leave you fucking welts and scars. And, like, when people got punished in the past for, like, have X number of lashes, like, the problem is the sonic booms against your skin. The problem is the shit that they lace into the, um, the tail of it. It's the repeatedly being hit in the same area and having your skin fucking crack open. Like... It just is weird to me when it's like, oh, it's wrapped around and now it's, now you're bleeding. Now there's blood. Yeah. Right? Like, are you doing a whip with a fucking barbed wire? Right. That's the, that's the question. Like, is there a nail in the end of this? How's this happening? Right. Because all of Turquoise's scars, or not all, but a lot of them are from whips and they're like cuts. Yeah. Anyway, so she hangs out with Jaguar, ostensibly to learn how to use the whip, but also because she's trying to figure out, like, oh, is this where I belong? You know. Yeah. Which I think could have been a, a, a very interesting chunk of time. Yep. Yeah, it could have. But we're in the last third and we got to finish <laughs> We got a 250 page limit here, guys, back in the year 2002. <laughs> I do think that written today, 
this book should have had as much time in midnight as it did in whatever peerage if that was the name of the town it should have been Mm -hmm. equally so we could see oh this is what midnight is oh this is what her life could be elsewhere like i think that would be today yeah so anyway uh she is trying to learn how to use whip so that she can stand a chance against raven for the leadership of crimson right uh montage 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 eventually the stakes are upped they decide through bartering that raven's sponsor master owner oh yeah no she got fucking sold to gabriel by jessica but they're buds they're toads toads buds they're fuck buddies this is why we're not following raven because like that month is just her fucking gabriel right raven knows what she's about right she's like i don't care i haven't been paid to kill you so what do i fucking care so they decide that Gabriel somehow has the ability to free Turquoise and make it so that nobody can ever own her again. Right. So I think it's like the fucking genie in Aladdin, right? Where it's like, <laughs> I wish you free. I am your master. I get to, I can say whether or not you're free and no one else can question me, which is kind of like he still would own you. But doesn't Jessica own her? Wouldn't Jessica have to give her the sock? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, because Jessica... Jessica gave her to Jaguar. Jessica gave her to Jaguar, which means she's still technically Jessica's. Jessica could take her away at any point. Gabriel paid Jessica the amount of money, I'm assuming, that Jessica gave okay. to Nathaniel. So he now owns the, the deed to her life. The deed to Turquoise. <laughs> right. So he can choose okay. to tear it up and say, nope, you're free. I say you're free. But right. that means that if at any point he decides to get pissy, he can walk up and be like, yo, I freed you. And it's not that you're not free free per se it's just that you owe me forever yeah i mean i guess but we're working in like this vampire world where vampire laws and if you're free blood then nobody fucks with you right like nobody fucks with you all right then he tells her like she can literally walk into midnight and And jessica can't do anything right and i'm like is that true though because i feel like jessica just kills normal humans like on the reg like and who's gonna fucking argue with her I mean, that is the whole thing, right? Because the whole reason nobody challenges Jessica is because Jessica has, like, friends that will fuck them up. She has friends in seriously high places among the vampire community. Everybody knows Set. Set is everybody's fucking uncle. I know. But, like, that's the thing, right? Like, ultimately, anybody is well, but so-and-so changed them and they're friends with Set. Yeah, right? I feel like he never would, though. He's probably just chilling in the Caymans. Like, they use him as a threat. Like, yeah. oh, if you fuck with me, settle fuck Uncle with you. Uncle Set will show up. And Set's just, like, on a beach somewhere and, like, flip-flops. Like, yeah. um, Drinking I'm not time. about that life anymore. <laughs> I have my new 25-year-old fuck toy. All right, I'll change her when she says it's cool. Cool, after I've killed her husband. <laughs> What? Killed her husband? Oh no, honey. Go back to drinking your drink. (laughs) Alright, so we are going to fight and if you win turquoise, you'll be free blood and nobody can ever own you again. And this is thematically important to you because you want to be free. They go to fight. It takes like, mm, what, half a page? It's real Uh quick. I think it's like three pages. I mostly skimmed Is it, it, God, it felt so short. For something the book was building up to. Yeah, I skimmed it because I really hate fight scenes. <laughs> I mostly look for like... So in this one, it was easy because there's dialogue. It's up to three Third blood, points. Yeah. yeah. So I look for like, who gets it first? Okay. Who gets... Yeah. Okay. Obviously, it's one, one, two, two, and then three. You can guess who wins. Right. Yeah, of course. It's turquoise. Turquoise wins. She's free blood. Going for the rum. She is also... Good luck. 
the new Master of Crimson. It's less horrible. Oh, good. Oh, God. No, not the end. Oh, God. No, it's bad. Oh, no. It's like the book. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it still burns. (laughs) (laughs) It does. Be free. Um, So... (laughs) So she she owns Crimson now, but oh no, I don't want to own Crimson. Raven, you can have Raven, it. She just walks it. away and we never see Raven again. Well, I mean, there's only like five pages left, so. I'm just saying. I oh. feel like Raven had a lot of stuff. What? We do. Uh, I'm pretty sure she shows up randomly in Poison Tree because she's the leader. Oh, does she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a it's a cameo. Right. No, I just mean in this book. Like, oh, Raven, yeah, yeah. her storyline's done. Goodbye. Goodbye. We have, like, one more chapter. You're now still owned by Gabriel, which is so ridiculous, right? Like, she escaped fucking slavery, but mm-hmm. then got sold back in on purpose, and is owned by Gabriel, one of, like, the ostensibly worst fucking people. But it's cool, because they're friends. But it's cool, because they're friends, until he decides that he's not friends, I'm sure. And you also are the leader of a fucking guild. Like, he has a goddamn guild leader in his back fucking pocket. This is how vampire politics work, though. You yeah. have your fucking, um, what are they called? Your ghouls. Your ghouls. Yes, thank you. You have your ghouls. No, he's playing the great game. He technically owns the hawk royalty and the cobra royalty. Let's not talk about that yet. We're going to talk about it. I don't want to talk about that now. Not now, but we will. Ugh. Anyway, Turquoise decides well, I'm free. I'm going to march back into midnight and murder Daryl. That's right. Daryl, who we failed to mention, was the guy who ripped her out of <laughs> her so- idyllic life. He doesn't matter to the plot. No, it just matters to her thematic arc. Yeah, yeah. He's there to be murdered. He was her first master, her only master, really. Yes. He took away, he murdered her family, he took her out of her idyllic life, he took her yep. innocence, yep. blah, blah, blah. So she marches back in, she's like, I'm gonna kill that fucker. And Jessica's there and she's like, I don't hate you anymore for some reason. Yeah, she fucking walks into Jessica. Jessica's like, yeah, I'm not going to stop you. She's like, all right, bye. So she goes in. She fights Daryl. She wins. It's a thematic victory because now nobody owns her and she's not going to be a victim anymore. Gag, gag. The end. In the end, her father was right because in this whole thing, her father has been giving her flashbacks. Oh, the whitest of white dude advice. (laughs) Yeah, her dad has rich white dude advice terrible victim shamey advice but we will also talk about that god we'll get to it yeah so that's it and honestly like this is the first one we have been able to be like here's the plot what because there's a plot yeah because the other ones it's like i don't know stuff romance sort of i don't know this one is like Mm -hmm. here's here's a plot and we don't have to do eight million asides and have that be the podcast like yep so now that we have chatted about the basic plot of it something Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I think is important for us to note for respect to the audience, like both the people who read it back when it came out in 2002 um, and the state of young, you know, young adult at that point, and mm-hmm. um, someone who might be reading it these days for the first time, is that I'm aware that this book was really important for like a large chunk of the Dennis Shadows fandom in the sense that first on the most surface level, Uh, This might have been one of the first books that someone read where it was 
actively a character dealing with a past traumatic experience, particularly an over-the-top abusive relationship. But for some people, like, minus, you know, he's a vampire, like, for some people, this was very, very literally the types of abusive relationships that they were in, where people treated them like property, you know, maybe a parent, maybe a boyfriend or a girlfriend, etc. So for a lot of people, this book is really personally important. You get to see Kathy, now Turquoise, overcome her abuse and uh, get revenge on her abuser. Um, Like, that's a really powerful, fun fantasy. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure plenty of people read this, recognized, you know, what was going on with her and went, oh shit, that's me. Oh boy, I I should get away from this. Like, I'm sure this was Mm -hmm. a very empowering book for a lot of people. And um, there were young adult books that did talk about this kind of thing, but any of them adding to it in that early 2000s was really, really an important aspect. Yeah, and I mean, the genre thing of this not being like an issue book. Yeah. Like a vampire book. And right? then having... Snuck in. Like, maybe maybe if someone was like, oh, I'm just reading this fun vampire book, that you can read it over and over and over again, and someone is going to be like, why are you reading this issues book? Right, and then also seeing, like, this person who is the protagonist of the book being, like, a survivor of abuse. Right, not just some background character. Right. Yeah, so definitely, like, everything we're going to talk about is our nitpicks, obviously our own personal stuff on this. Um, Fully respect that reading this as a teenager and seeing yourself in it and, you know, feeling empowered by it. There is nothing wrong with that. That is absolutely, like, good. Go for it. Please take it. I don't want anyone to think that, like, you know, the stuff we're going to talk about with the way that it works invalidates your experiences in any kind of way. So if for some reason... Anybody. Not that anybody's listening, but. (laughs) And then uh, the other thing is in a different way that this was formative for people. I know I saw a lot of chatter on the boards, the message boards at the time about how like this was a lot of people's first introduction to BDSM. So like for a lot of people, this really informed their first like, ooh, I'm kind of intrigued by this whole like dominance and submission thing. Mm, What's this all about? Because like Jaguar is not a historical slave owner in this novel. This is not how historically slave owners... No. The Enterprise of Midnight is not how slavery really... Right. It's magical vampire slavery, and while there are huge problems with that, (laughs) we gotta acknowledge that it's much more of a a kink BDSM scene, master-slave shit, that just also kind of relies upon the institution of real slavery. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. So if this was, like, someone's first introduction to, to BDSM and kink, and they're like, mm, I really enjoy this whole, like, me being forced to not look at you, or be down on my knees, or I have to do what you say, that's also fine. Please be validated <laughs> by it. That is okay. If you're, like, fucking 12 to 18, and this is your first introduction, <laughs> go for it. I'm, I'm I'm a very pro kink and BDSM person. Do what you want to do. Do it consensually. I think if you do it exactly like this, there's probably going to be problems Mm -hmm. because you're not getting enough consent. But still, like acknowledging that that was part of what this was in the Den of Shadows fandom was like, this is the kinky book. (laughs) Whips. Right? Whips and you're chained up and there's like a slave system and you've got a master and he's like in charge of you. Oh, and he can protect you from your other bad master. Like... It's fine. I see it. Go for it. Have fun. Consensually. So all of that being said, can I express where this book doesn't work for me in that respect? Yeah. So now let's move on to the book and looking at it as fucking 30-somethings. 
So I would be totally cool if this were all just like the thinnest veiling of kink, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, oh, I have been sold into slavery. Oh no, this very hot guy has to tell me what to do and he's into me and he wants to kiss me. Like if this were just that kind of thing, fucking do it. Go for it. I don't care. My issue is that you intersect this weird veneer of pseudo-kink onto a survivor story. Right, so so you've got the one thing, like I said, where it's like, here's your abusive relationship, and then here's also a kink. It's really weird to have that be the same book. Yes. It treats the slavery as not sexy slavery, but like the kind of slavery where somebody gets hit against their will. Like, they're not yeah. into it. Right, there's no safe word. Right, Turquoise doesn't like the things that Daryl does to her. So you can't have that kind of slavery going on and then also try to play it like Jaguar, who facilitates this kind of who slavery. is a goddamn slave owner. Is a slave owner, even if he doesn't- I'm sorry, part- you know what, he's not even a slave. He is a person who enslaves people. He f- he made this midnight, like this is his midnight. And even if he tries to insist that his I'm slaves different. are well cared for and he doesn't hurt them and they can do whatever they want, say whatever they want. You still chose to do this. It's not just that, he still harbors other slavers. Yeah, like, right. Daryl is there. Gabriel is He's there. He's like, I'm not that bad. And, you know, like, they're awful, but uh, they got to be here. They got to write. They don't have right? a fucking right. Well, I mean, Jaguar is like, I'm not that bad, but stay away from the other people in this house that I own and built and created. So why don't you fucking tell them, get the fuck out. You're going to obey me the way we run this shit. Like, like, so if this was a kink scene, if this was like a, a place where you went or whatever, or it was just a location. If this were a blade club. Yeah, if this was a fucking blade club and someone was like, yeah, no, uh, that guy's on the do not enter list. You fucking bounce him. If his people who he enslaves uh, want to get in here, we will offer them fucking safety. You know, if, if they decide, ah, I am scared enough right now and see the people will help me. Yeah, we're going to fucking help them. But he's not allowed in here because he's a goddamn monster. Right. If it were that, but it's not. Mm-mm. So Jaguar has this thing with Turquoise where he's like, she's like, why do you, why did you do this? And Jaguar says, well, somebody was going to do it. Thank you for mentioning it. It was going to be Daryl. Right. Daryl would have run this place terrible, so I had to do it instead. Oh, you're not doing anything different. No, but you you opened your door and said, Daryl, you can also live here. Right. Like, you know the way that Daryl treats his slaves. You know the way that Daryl has treated Turquoise. Fucking complicit. But you... You you are complicit. You harbor this man. You give him a room to do this to people in. Right? You know what he's doing. You know he, like, scars people because he's fucking, like, not good at it. He hates him for it. Yeah. Like, he actively hates Daryl for the way that he treats- Well, bleh, for what? reasons. Yeah. But he acts like he doesn't have a choice in that or respect. Or the authority and power. And it's like, you literally own this place. You literally made this place because you have that authority and power. Because you were like, oh, Daryl's gonna do it, so I should do it. What is happening that's different? Like, okay, the people that you are enslaving- You personally uh, own. Yeah. Uh, they can treat it like a spa day, but <sighs> also do their work. So Except they don't, because they still work for him. They do, exactly. It's just that he's like, okay, I don't want to- 
fucking destroy someone's mind anymore like I used to when I was super horrible. Uh, Now I'm just regular horrible. Ugh. Yeah, so that's where this kind of falls apart for me. I can take it as one, but it can't be both and then have the love interest be like complicit in this system Mm -hmm. like i can't do that i don't so i was thinking about this as i was taking the dog out i'm like we keep having these really good ideas these thematic ideas of like overcoming prejudice or finding a way to move past trauma why do all of these great like ideas for stories have to involve people whose like gray area of morality is owning people. Not gray, right? It's fucking odious. <laughs> why why do these good stories have to insist that like guys who kill people for fun are also just like you and me or people who own people are like totally cool, man? Like right? He's kind. If he was fucking kind, he would dismantle this goddamn system. If he was so worried about Daryl starting midnight, he could have just fucking killed Daryl. Just fucking killed Daryl. Who is gonna give a shit? What's gonna happen? Nobody. Jessica didn't give a shit. She didn't, right? And she's like, oh, you can just go and kill him. Like, the worst thing that happens if you kill Daryl is that, like, his sister, who doesn't get mentioned in this one but later, comes and is is angry at you and maybe asks someone to do something to you. But you are fuck. You're Jaguar. Jessica would back you up. (laughs) Jaguar is willing to kill Jessica anonymously. Kill Daryl anonymously. Hire somebody. Hire Turquoise. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I remember I was chatting with you on Twitter where I'm just like, here's my plan. (laughs) Here's how I would change it. And like, you make Daryl the one who starts it. You make Jaguar someone that you kind of know already. And then like, you have to go in and pretend that you're his slave. But like, also, you're still dealing with him being a slave owner. And so you can at the end be like, hey, you know that when I kill Daryl, like, this isn't over and you're still an asshole too, right? Right? Yeah, I I don't understand why we're forced to, like, morally accept Jaguar's benevolent slavery. (laughs) And and it's constant throughout the the prose, too, where he's constantly mentioned as kind, kind, kind. They have to keep telling us because he fucking owns people. (laughs) Because if you don't say the word kind every other chapter, (laughs) I'm gonna be like, uh, you got a fucking dungeon that you can chain people up to in your new fucking midnight? Yeah, I, you, you've hired shapeshifters to make sure that people can't escape, right? Like, I think it would have been great if this was just, like, he came from a place of actual people as fucking property bullshit hundreds of years ago, and nowadays he's just like... Midnight is my goddamn kink this is my club, kink place. right? Yes. Like this is just an, a constant leather family where <laughs> you can come hang out, you can live here, I'll protect you, but you can go have a goddamn job if you want elsewhere. It's fine. Like just be a fucking leather daddy. It's fine. <laughs> if you want to make Jaguar a good guy, actually have him harbor people who've run away from Yeah. Daryl and then have Daryl show up and be like, "Where's my fucking property?" and he'd be like, "I don't recognize that cuz you can't own people." He could pull the Jessica thing where Jessica's like, I'm sorry, are you going to run back to New Midnight and complain where slavery is illegal? Uh, I don't think so. So at one point, Daryl is like, "Mm, just now, uh, Kathy definitely drew blood. I got claim. And he's like, (laughs) I'm sorry, blood claim? Yeah. Here? In Midnight? In Midnight? Honey. This is not New Mayhem, child. 
go ahead, see how they feel about you being like my slave. Right. Because as we learned, somehow the new mayhem vampires are better than these fuckers because at least they don't enslave people. Like at least they got that. Never thought there would be. Right. Uh, but you're right. It is Jaguar who says that. Not yes, yeah, Jaguar who calls it. I wish Turquoise had, though. That would have been great. Her understanding. But she clearly doesn't understand the difference between the two. Right. I mean, and that's an interesting kind of world building tidbit, right? Is it like the vampire laws that we've gotten to know through the first three books don't apply everywhere. Yep. But oh, man, it's really hard to look at this book when it's got actual enslavement mm-hmm. and then kink. And because I'm sure he never says it, but like Jaguar does the same thing that Nicholas did, where it was like, oh, no, I put my mark on you i uh ritually non-consensually scarification all over your body because then no one will mess with you because they know that you're mine so it's like jaguar's doing the same thing but using actually you're my slave right right and i could even be like all right fine this is a story with jaguar where we're seeing someone who did terrible fucking shit get a reprieve if he was no longer doing any of the terrible shit (laughs) just because you don't bring someone into your back fucking room and paint the walls with their blood and then rape them doesn't mean that you're a good person right it's like just because you're not doing the worst of it like turquoise comments about how like he's definitely analyzing her and he's like a shark to blood on her weaknesses Mm -hmm. being like whoa what are you so afraid of but you're not afraid of pain but you are afraid of kisses like (sighs) we see he's still doing it Yeah, he still has this uncontrollable both urge and instinct to analyze and push people's buttons. Like, you still have some fucking work to do with yourself, dude. And let's fucking talk about Jaguar and his fucking road to recovery. Yes, let's. He has this scene in the middle of the book where he explains to Turquoise how, like, he chose to enslave this girl who was already a slave at midnight. She was born there. She was fucking born there. Uh, She was born blind. And he, I don't want to say took care of her. He bought her and put her into his service to piss Jessica off. She became a servant even though technically mostly a slave. Like, she had nowhere else to go. He still owned her. Like, Yeah. yeah. He did it to piss Jessica off because Jessica didn't like imperfect slaves. He owned her her entire life. She survived Midnight and came with him after uh, he left Midnight to go wherever the fuck he went. And he says, after Midnight burned, I realized that I'd never hit her. I had never needed to. Okay, stop. You realized that you had never hit this girl, not because you didn't want to, but because you never had to. You never had to, right? You were never forced to You hit would her have. If she had, you right, would have. Exactly. She never disobeyed you. But then I met this girl who was just like super perfect. Right? And I realized, God, have I been like imposing my will on other people who could have been slightly less, but also close to perfect? (laughs) Okay. So he says that. And then he says, uh, over the years, I realized I didn't want to own her. I wanted to know her. I enjoyed her company, especially when she grew brave enough to speak freely with me. I hate it. She trusted me implicitly, and I was wary of betraying that trust. Okay, Jaguar, this is still all about you and your feelings. Right? It's like, oh, I liked her company, and, like, I didn't want her to be, like, a, you know, mindless slave I had broken. 
like, ah, uh, it's so much of the dude bullshit that, like, you hear where it's like, oh, well, I like a girl who speaks her mind. Like, oh, fuck you. I'm not here for you. You only like a girl who speaks her mind when it fits, like, your fantasy of what you think a woman should be. Right. But it's basically like, this girl is subservient to you and adores you and you're her world because she knows literally nothing else. Mm-hmm. And... It's still about him. It's still yeah. about, oh, her trust gave me pleasure. Her conversation gave me, me pleasure. pleasure. Right? If this girl had done anything that Jaguar didn't like. Smack. Right? Like, it's not about her and her autonomy She was just already a perfect subservient slave. She came to me fully formed like Athena. <laughs> and I mean, that's what Midnight did. They talk about it. Like, Midnight bred the perfect slave. So this is nothing but Jaguar, like, reaping the benefits of yeah. Midnight's shitty, like, breeding system. Ugh. I hate anyway. that he constantly use that word. But, like... You spent some time with a second generation slave, like her mother had been enslaved. And then this other person who is like, now you've got this girl who's only known life as enslavement. But what about all those people who you first enslaved? Right? What about all those girls you broke, Jaguar? Right? But they didn't listen to him. Their disagreement with his owning them didn't give him pleasure. So they didn't deserve his recognition of their humanity. Oh, and that, and that, 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 that's the word. Yes, there. So that. I wish it had been, this girl did all this stuff, and I realized that, like, oh, I liked this things. But then also, you know, so then I started hanging out with other people and, re- and, and trying to not do the shit that I normally did. And realized, oh, they're humans and they're people, and, or they're shapeshifters, or whatever. And that, like, I didn't like myself when I was right. uh, being an asshole. And that, like, everyone deserves this chance to do stuff and like I didn't like that Jessica did it to me and mm-hmm. I acknowledged that I too had been an abuse victim because she enslaved me first and then I was mm-hmm. just perpetuating my abuse onto others and then I thought maybe I should not do that anymore <laughs> I can be the end of that cycle even this I realized I was a deficient fucking human being right like I realized that I had hurt other people but no it's just all this girl was wonderful and I realized I liked her the way she was no dude it has nothing to do with her that's the thing it has everything to do with Jaguar like finding this stuff externally but not kind of relating it internally like finding deficiency in himself and that is why he still enslaves people, even though it is the fucking Nicholas, I'm doing it to protect you. (laughs) Oh my god. So, so, he goes on. I prefer spending time with a defiant equal more than an obsequious slave. Again, it's all about him and his pleasure. I'd be lying if I said I always enjoy the challenge. The relationship between master and slave is clear-cut, easy, and sometimes it's tempting to slip into the familiar role and demand submission from someone who's refusing to give me what I want. Okay, that's good, right? You haven't right? really changed, though. But that's so interesting because, like, it's Jaguar saying, I could still be shitty. I have to work to not be shitty. Yeah, no, definitely. He says it for sure where he's like, uh, it's so tempting to just be like, I could just use my powers and skills and be like, fuck you, go wash my car. Right, that person, the acknowledgement of that person I want that. If Jaguar were more that, then I would be fine. But it's not that. It's like, oh, no, Jaguar is kind. He's just being hard on himself. He's just so kind. Oh, no, he's so good now. 
No, he's a fucking work in progress. Right? Like, acknowledge that he's shitty, that he continues to be shitty, that he has to work to not snap his fingers and make people rub his feet. That I can handle. (laughs) Like, also, he has so much, like, everyone has so much money. (laughs) You could just hire people. Oh my god, that was my, before we reread this, that was my A number one complaint with this book. Like, why doesn't Jaguar just pay these people? <laughs> and I think, I think we may have chatted about that at some point, where it's just like, you guys have so much money, they don't need to be slaves, you can just pay people. Why can't Jaguar just let these people go home every night? To their fucking <laughs> families, like, the only things that are really, not that they need any people to be enslaved, but the only things that I can see a vampire needing to be like, nah, it's my fucking slave. Is when they're like, I need people to beat the shit out of when I'm pissed off. Because even bleeders, people who people whose job is to bleed, we know from experience in Shattered Mirror and mm-hmm. All Just Glass that there are people who will be like, yeah, what's up? I'm super on board with this. Like, right. It is only the murderous, violent instincts that they should have any people who are enslaved. Right. Otherwise, you just hire people for Otherwise, all of this. just just hire a fucking seamstress. Just hire a fucking, you know, washerwoman. Just, like, hire a goddamn gardener. <laughs> like, this would be a great place to have, like, an ad for ZipRecruiter. <laughs> like, have you ever needed to hire people to staff your big square house? Big square <laughs> house. ZipRecruiter. Jaguar, all you need is a ZipRecruiter profile. You can find people to do this that you don't have to own. And beyond even also the, like, so with the whole, like, I have a desire to literally beat the shit out of someone because I'm so pissed off about something vampire politics. Um, <laughs> you would still find people who you could, if you could fucking work with it, get right? consent. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Jaguar. Like, Jaguar, there are people who will do this. Honey. And if you need to, if you're such a fucking wreck where you're like, I need to just spend an afternoon and I need to go whole hog, please find me someone who is okay with, like, me really seriously seriously hurting them then you get another vampire then you get a shapeshifter you get someone who can heal like don't tell me there aren't vampires who are into this like right like we know there are enough fucking sadists there's got to be fucking masochists out there who are like uh becoming uh a vampire is the best fucking thing that ever happened to me (laughs) right oh dude like you can fucking stab me and i'll just like bleed out and then you'll be like okay honey it's time for aftercare here drink this sit up okay let's (laughs) catch you how you doing you okay oh dude you like got me in the kidney and it really fucking hurts oh boy baby okay it's okay let's get you like some good food you're so good i can't you took that knife so excellently oh my god and your pain your screams it was so good thank you honey and then to be like "Mm -mm -mm." yep ow i'm in a lot of fucking pain but i did a great job Mm, i'm gonna be glowing for days (laughs) (laughs) you can't fucking tell me this doesn't exist right and like jaguar they say at some point the jaguar like heals before the blood even flows like people have you have this down you don't need this you don't need slaves you just want slaves because you're fucking terrible that is it dude this book is going to tell you up and down that jaguar is like a good dude he's so kind but jaguar just wants to own slaves he just wants people to dig an order around. And it's like, again, you can have that kind of 24-7, I don't approve of it, but you can have a 24-7 uh, power dynamic exchange going on. Fine. But he doesn't. Yeah. See, here's the thing. The only way that that doesn't work is if the lack of consent is what gets Jaguar off. And, and I think that's, that's it. He's not interested in consensual non-consent. He's interested in non-consent. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Yep.
So here's the thing. Like, Jaguar can be a flawed and fucked up dude who's still trying to figure his shit out the way Turquoise is. And I super love that kind of character. Definitely. But by the end of this book, we've got Turquoise being like, yeah, Jaguar's cool and I really like him and I like his company. And uh, I think maybe at the end of this, I'm going to go back to midnight and like hang out for a mm-hmm. while. And that's it. That's just fucking curtains mm-hmm. for this book. Because mm-hmm. remember, even before Jessica, midnight was a place that Jaguar let people be non-consensually beaten. Yep. And, and, and other things. And other things. And Turquoise at the end of this book is like, yeah, it wasn't so bad. I'm going to go back. It's like, it's not so bad because you're goddamn free blood and you've got that status now. Right. It's not so bad because it's not happening to you, Turquoise. Right. So there's this thing where she's like, maybe I'll go back to midnight. Maybe I'll see if Nathaniel will turn me into a vampire. Completely ignoring, like, less than 10 pages ago. Oh my god, yes. Where Jessica said, and I quote, If you take vampire blood from any of my brood, either Nathaniel or Jaguar would give it to you at your request. Know that I will control you. That, to me, is, like, kind of the most interesting thing Jessica says in the entire... These books and the Mavra. Uh Is that she's she's acknowledging that she looks at this this early 20-something and saying, You remind me of the people that I often have changed in the past. And you should not join this world. And you should definitely not join this world through the two vampires that would give you blood. Because I will control you. Like, that's Jessica acknowledging that she wouldn't be able to help herself, this terrible, awful fucking vampire. It's Jessica saying, you've got one shot to not be owned by me. You're free blood right now. If you become a vampire, you stop being free. And yet, less than ten fucking pages later, Turquoise is like, maybe I'll ask Nathaniel to change me. Maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. And I'm like, honey, did you not listen with your ears? Right. And I mean, you could say that maybe like, oh, she expects Jessica to die because that is kind of how Jessica That's true. this book. That's true. She does end it, but we don't see that. So so the thematic stuff in this book is good, except when it's not. But I do feel like the first few chapters really have just some of the worst writing in the series. The two tryhard. Yeah, coming out of Demon, in my view, which was really bad in terms of, like, bad dialogue and trying too hard to be, like, cool, unaffected teenagers. Yeah. This book and the Hunter stuff, any fucking line that comes out of Raven's mouth. Okay, Raven, whom we've mentioned before, is definitely Cobriana in part because she's got fucking burgundy hair, burgundy eyes. Burgundy eyelashes. Thank you. Burgundy eyelashes. How? So, uh, one of the things that I remember most distinctly from, uh, so there used to be the old Den of Shadows website. Yeah. There also used to be this site called the Anti-Amelia Haven. It was like the original Amelia Atwater Roads hate site. And I went over there once and I was just kind of scrolling through the stuff and there was, they were talking about Midnight Predator it was like a fake like summary of it, but like a sarcastic one. So, you know, like us. And uh, <laughs> they were like, and there she meets her rival, Raven Anakitos, who has red hair and red eyes and somehow manages to avoid looking like a demon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Because what does burgundy eyes even look like? Like a demon. I'm gonna have to assume so. I always imagined that she just had like very brown eyes that were kind of vibrant. But once reading the shapeshifter shit, I was like, no, she's a fucking Cobriana. 
one of the fucking boys knocked up some lady. That's a good, like, in-canon reasoning. Yeah. But yeah, Raven is the embodiment of, like, this book's stupid rule of cool. Like, bullshit. Burgundy hair. Burgundy eyes. Burgundy eyelashes. She gets constantly referred to as the Burgundy Hunter. But not Ah. that Which is, like, the Burgundy Hunter. Like, it really dehumanizes her from Turquoise's perspective, and I don't like it. Because, like, I think Raven has a more interesting backstory. Mm-hmm. Because she's, like, actually been through shit. Mm-hmm. And I hate the girl hate that Turquoise throws at her. I hate that she's got... Not that Turquoise didn't deal with shit, because she had a year with, like, this fucking asshole Daryl, right? Yeah. But, like, she had a perfect life, and I know I mentioned this to you mm-hmm. in text. I really hate that she's had a perfect life, and that she's the one who, like, coming from a place of privilege... Gets thrown into this, like, there's a line about, oh, she grew up, you know, in a white-collar town. And I'm like, so you mean a white town? <laughs> never been hit, so this is, like, the first time she's ever been hit. And it's like, personally, as someone who has dealt with, like, abusive home life, been happier with a character who had come from, not necessarily fully abused, but not idyllic fucking life with your victim-shaming dad, but, like, Everything was perfect for her, and then everything wasn't, and now she gets to choose all the things and overcome her her trauma. Like, there's still power in it, obviously, but it would have been better to be like, yeah, life was rough. You know, I I didn't get along with my brother, my parents and I were fighting, I wanted to go away to college, they didn't have the money, blah, 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 I had to try real hard. Like, anything that instead, you know, because, like, at the end, when she she defeats Raven and is like, I don't want it, I'm just like, fuck, I know you don't want (laughs) it, but from Raven's perspective, fuck you. From an audience perspective, you got everything you ever wanted. Like, you had three years of, or a year of trauma, and then two years of dealing with your trauma. And otherwise, your life has been perfect. (laughs) And I hate it. I hate how shunted to the side Raven and her story are. Yeah, we've talked about other books where, you know, the, the whole thing of like, oh, it feels like there's more going on. It feels like there's a bigger world out there. Like, you mentioned stuff that happens and it's like, oh, I want to read that person's book. Like, that's all been a draw for the past few books. But this is the first one where I feel like chunks of the book are missing. I think it would have been, I mean, difficult, but more interesting to see Raven and Turquoise as uh, dual protagonists. I agree. To not have them hate each other from the get-go, but be like, maybe even friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, as friendly as two, two rival rivals. hunters can be, but to be like, we're rivals, but I got your back. I respect you. Yeah, right? Because like, there's no need for her not to respect Raven. And there's no need for Raven to be as over the top as she is. <laughs> like, if they were like, God, we're always up for the same shit. We both have the same amount of kills under our belt this year and like i'm not gonna tell you not to go for it but also i want it i want it you want it you're my my kind of friend there's no need for the girl hate there's none it could just be they could be working together she could actually give a shit about her fellow member of crimson like you want this person to be your leader and yet you don't like people so whatever but yeah like if there had been a dual protagonist thing going on that'd have been cool It feels like it, too, because you get these scenes where Turquoise kind of walks in on Raven having, like, these interesting-looking scenes with Gabriel, and the Raven alludes to her history with Gabriel, and I just feel like, was this important at some point? Maybe. Because, like, you're you're dropping these things that feel like more. Like, I'm gonna get information, and then I don't. Right, and it just goes away. And I get it that, like, from a young adult novel perspective, 
it's hard to follow Raven once she's with Gabriel. Because <laughs> they're probably just fucking. But when you jump ahead into the um, the Kieshara with Falcon Dance, where you've got Nisius, and like he has sex, but we don't see it. We fade to black. That's how you handle it. <laughs> you just have him fucking make out. It's cool. Learn about Gabriel. Learn about Raven. Have her come up with his ideas. Show us her, her insecurities and shit. Like, have her get mad that Turquoise gave this up for her because, like, she had to fight so hard and, and like, kind of weasel her way into getting her to come to challenge. But also be like, okay, cool. I'm not free blood, but I own this fucking guild. I'm awesome. Turquoise is going to go off and live her own life. I'm going to miss you, Make my friend. Raven a fucking character and not just like this weird cardboard edgy bullshit. Oh, oh my God. Okay, wait, there's one fucking line by Raven that every time I read it, I'm like, did you have to? <laughs> Do you know which line it is? No, I'm gonna I bet don't. You can They're guess. all bad. All right. It's insanity makes the river flow. Oh, what does that even mean? What is it even? I read it and I was just like, I shut the book. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I have to assume she's either Turquoise's age or maybe a year or two older. So you're like 22, 23 and you're acting like you're fucking 14. And you're being like, insanity makes the river flow. And I'm like, shut well, random. <laughs> I'm so random. I'm going to lick this knife from the blood or your blood or whatever. I, I would so respect Raven more as a character. If we got a scene with Raven licking the blade, just being like, ha ha ha, this is annoying Turquoise so much. Oh, right, so if we had that from her perspective of being like, what's up, Turquoise? I'm a little hot for you. <laughs> just like, is she throwing up yet? I'm gonna oh. lick it super sexily too. Like, not just like licking it clean. Cause like, she doesn't just lick it clean. She like makes a fucking show of it. I want yeah. her to be so hot for Turquoise. <laughs> that would be the best hot for turquoise just really invested in grossing turquoise out i'm here yeah. for either one of them i'm being like either you're gonna find it hot or annoying i'm cool with either one <laughs> just pay attention to me Ooh, either of those things is better than what it feels like which is that raven she's edgy and crazy so crazy she's so wacky it's so try hard raven's awful um there's so my favorite bad jessica line I, like, I kind of flip through the book. All of Jessica's lines are bad, but this one is mm, primo. Jessica <laughs> says, <laughs> she's talking to Nathaniel. It's like the first time they meet and they're talking about Jaguar. And she says, yeah. the little cat had talent, but I'm afraid time has liquefied his brain. I think I'll come up with you and see what he makes of this fine pair. Jaguar will certainly deal with their pride. Or he won't, and I'll tear that bleeding heart out that he's developed and make him eat it. <laughs> I'm Jessica. I'm so evil. <laughs> Liquefied his brain? Are you fucking kidding me? She says some me? stuff that is like, are you sitting on, I guess, MySpace at the time and hanging out with the kids? Cause... You are super duper 14 years old. Yeah. And somehow managed to keep up with everything. Like, I wish Jessica didn't feel like a teenager. I want her to feel like an adult. Because she, I think, and it doesn't get mentioned here, but I think she's supposed to look like she's 16. Ugh, they all do. Why do you need to mention it? They all look like they're 16. No, Nathaniel's 20. Mm. I know. But, you know, she's definitely like a busty 16-year-old in suede boots that come up above her to knee. To her thighs. Yep, yep, yep black pants and like a peasant blouse and she's got long black hair 
Oh, vampires. Teenage vampires. <sighs> but, I mean, there, so there's the bad dialogue. They do a lot of repeated terminology. Like, they talk about putting or planting a knife in people, like, constantly. Right. Not just, like, go murder him. Nope. We're gonna put a knife in her. Stick a fork in him, he's done. <laughs> right? I'm gonna stick this knife in, and if it comes out clean, he's dead. <laughs> point in the podcast (laughs) i'm so warm right now and it's partially the heat and humidity and partially all of the alcohol i've consumed (laughs) because i get too warm i hate it oh Uh, daryl's a cake this is great (laughs) (laughs) uh and then there's the raven stuff every time she mentions (sighs) burgundy 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 this burgundy that burgundy because that is all raven's got going on she's nothing but colors nope she's just a color fucking palette swap right i'm all red that's how you tell me apart from all the other people who sound exactly like me at least raven's distinguishable though with her dialogue because it is so ridiculous i never get confused about who's who in this book i will say that for between like raven and turquoise Raven and Turquoise, like, Jessica feels like Jessica, even though, like, I could swap her for Raven, but she's not, because I'm not being told she's Burgundy. Everybody's just very distinctive. The person who's not distinctive is fucking Greg. Oh, yeah, who even is Greg? Who even cares? Like, he's there for 20 pages, right? And I hate that she's like, uh, who is this guy? Oh, right, I fucking dated him. That's the other thing. Like, so Turquoise has this whole thing where she talks about Kathy like she's a separate person who died and all oh, that girl's right. life Right, and is I get that you mine. had some bad trauma, but there's no fucking way you've got DID because your life was goddamn idyllic and I don't believe it. Also that, but then also the idea that, like, nobody else could be not innocent. You know what I mean? What you mean? Like... Okay, nobody else has been, like, abductive and enslaved by vampires, but, like, other people do also get abused. Yeah, and she doesn't think about any of the people. Like, we never really encounter these other humans, except for Eric. So, like, the the other women and stuff, she doesn't ask their stories. She doesn't find nope. out. Daryl's not there with... So, here's the thing I find super unbelievable, but I'm really grateful for, is that Daryl isn't there with, like, another new person right. who treats like a goddamn pet. That he's just, like... Kathy, there you are. Hello. (laughs) He does sound like that. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a fucking weirdo. And I find that really unbelievable. And I would have really preferred if he was like, "Mm, Kathy's here and she was my favorite. And I'm going to lock this other girl in the room the whole time. Like, I wanted Turquoise to... Save somebody else. Yeah, save someone from Daryl. Not just herself. Like, just herself is fine. It's fine. But he absolutely... 100% would have someone else. And for her to be fighting for other people's freedom as well. Mm -hmm. To be like, fuck this. Daryl's a fucking problem. I got away, but I didn't think about anybody else. And even though I've got trauma, it doesn't mean that there aren't other people who have trauma. Like, I gotta save this girl. I gotta kill Daryl. He's just gonna keep doing it. I gotta save Eric from Jessica. Like, God, there's so much you could do with this. Well, you know why we can't? It's because if we have other slaves that are not Eric, then we have to acknowledge that Jaguar set this Enterprise up and there are people (laughs) being hurt by it. Right, Jessica shows up, we don't see her people, even though Eric says, oh, uh, there are other people here, but you don't want to meet them. Who are these other people who are being enslaved, Turquoise? They don't exist because Turquoise wants to go back to this cool midnight that she visited once, as long as Jessica's not there. They have a gym. You're welcome. I hate it. I know. 
gym they got a fucking kitchen that's open 24 7 i can make you a sandwich i'm gonna go move on to the bourbon just be a kink club i know right just be a kinky fucking spa getaway hotel welcome to midnight are you checking in let me see ah yes you're in the west wing very nice do you have your own bleeders or will you be needing us to provide ollie this is a vampire hotel it's so much better as a vampire hotel Oh, Vampire Hotel. Just, like, make that a whole fucking series. Uh, so, we're introduced to the Crimson, Bruja, Frost, Onyx, words that sound cool, guilt, the vampire hunters, and listen, this is the most aggressively aught vampire hunting (laughs) guilds. I hate it so much. (laughs) I hate these hunters. I hate their bad dialogue. I hate... The fucking guild and the fact that they use knives and whips and stupid fucking cool weapons. Yeah, right, like, what is it? it? Frost is very crossbows. Uh, the other one's daggers. Daggers. Crimson doesn't have one. They are supposed to be good with everything. And so, like, the whole thing where Raven, like, they fight. They're fighting with daggers initially. Mm-hmm. And they fight... How long do they fight, Ollie? They mm. fight for, like, 18 fucking hours. No, they they started at sunrise, and I think it was, like, five hours. And I'm so fucking sorry. There's no goddamn way. Yep, and they fight. Guess how they fight? Like, everything <laughs> else that happens in this fucking series, they fight with the lights off. And so, like, they flip on these lights, and they literally flip them on like a light yeah. switch. So there's no, yeah. like, mood lighting or atmospheric lighting. No, they just flick on the fucking fluorescence. And, like, I know from working with Poison Tree closely that uh, there's, like, rafters and shit where you can, mm-hmm. like, be up in and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so I always just pictured, like, a big-ass fucking gym. Nope. Because when Turquoise goes back, they say it's just, like, a simple brick house. And I'm like, are you this, like, a Right, but, like, up? what is this room? Is it just a house that's been gutted? I don't know. Do you have, like, a ballroom somehow? Because they they just talk about, like, it's a normal house. Okay, hold on. So, ballrooms. I have a personal issue with ballrooms. Okay. Everybody always makes ballrooms out to be these huge, enormous things, and unless you've got a fucking castle, they're not. (laughs) Like, you can have a ballroom. Usually it's in the attic in, Mm -hmm. like, old Victorian houses and stuff, where, like, it's just one big room, and the ceiling is usually kind of low. Like, not super duper low, but it's not this high arching thing like, a ballroom is not typically what we imagine, like, fucking Beauty and the Beast, right? I've seen ballrooms where it's, like, it's two stories, and maybe mm-hmm. there's, like, a wraparound walkway, basically, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, what one pictures in one's head is a goddamn gym. <laughs> like, in fucking middle school or high school. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I was picturing through this whole book. Yeah, it's just a goddamn gym. It's what I always have imagined until you pointed this stuff out. And so, like, the idea of, like, a ballroom is, like, actually, guys, that wouldn't be so... <laughs> that wouldn't be so big and it wouldn't be that hard. Like... <laughs> I just picture Raven and Turquoise fighting for five hours in a pitch dark, like, a bedroom and somehow they don't just kill each other. Right? And the idea that, like, so, uh, what they say, like, 30 people started out at the beginning and, like, slowly, or very quickly, a bunch of them snunk out and stuff, like, okay, that's fine, but you can't fucking tell me, like, what are you doing? Are you just sitting in a corner? Are you just waiting 
Oh, no. So they flip on the lights and there are like people waiting who've been observing. And I'm like, were you all just standing in a dark room staring at nothing? How come what they didn't slice you? I don't understand it. Like, again, I think that if you did the, the two-story ballroom kind of thing, where it's like, here's the first floor ballroom, and then above it is open, but there's like a, a walkway around the edges, and people could mm-hmm. be watching up there, fine. I believe it. Do a gym where there's fucking bleachers, I believe it. Mm-hmm. And just be like, on your honor, you can't go behind the bleachers, you can't go on the bleachers, you have to stay <laughs> in the center. Or put them in a fucking cage match. It's basically wrestling, where you're doing a fucking 30-man Royal Rumble, except it goes on for five hours instead of 20. Even that, even picturing 30 people just in a high school gym, just all kind of looking at each other like, all right, who's going to stab who first? (laughs) Whoever stabs whoever first, they're going out second. The whole idea of this fucking Royal Rumble is fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's so stupid. Well, also, it means that you've taken, like, 30 of your hunters, and now they're all fucking got at least three slice wounds, if not stab (laughs) wounds. Like, you're a bunch of jerks. Like, this is the day, I guess, that, like, the vampire cops take off so you can do all the crime. (laughs) Be vamps, do crime. Right? This is the this is the reverse purge day, I guess. All the vampires are like, oh shit, Crimson's choosing their leader. We can do whatever All we want. All of them! Crimson, Onyx, and Frost. Right, because they stop because the other two guilds have to do their fucking stupid dark Right? Sarda too. is like, you two have been fighting for five fucking hours, and other people want a chance to stab each other, so please <laughs> vacate the vicinity. I like the idea that Sarda's like, uh, uh, the other the other people have to go too, uh, so stop now. And she's not just like, oh, I'm so tired of watching these two right? fight each other. Right, in the other. dark, and I, it's like, can you even see shit? Like, how much light do we have? I don't know. I just feel like there's a better system for this, and just the way that this book describes this ordeal, Play it's fucking ridiculous. capture the flag, you guys. <laughs> It's a fucking 12 on 12 Smash Brothers game. Whoever is the leader of Crimson. Honestly, I think it would be better to to just be like, hey, uh, if you want to be up for leader, there's a couple things. Like, you need to have the support of everyone. You need to be good at stuff other than stabbing people. Yep, you need to have, like, X number of kills under your belt this year. Then we'll have you guys go in, like, a fucking round-robin sparring competition. You need to have interned with Sarda for at least a year. Yeah, right? Like, also, I one thing I wish that had been mentioned is, like, who was the previous leader of Crimson? Because it's never mentioned. Like, it just feels like Crimson has no leader currently. I assume they got murdered. I would have liked that to have been the case instead, instead of being like, oh, Onyx and Frost are now choosing theirs. Because it means that Onyx and Frost are just, like, continuously up, and this dude is still the best, so that's fine. Like, I wish it was, I'm the leader until I step down, or Mm -hmm. until I'm murdered. And to be like, the most recent leader had stepped down. That is true, because they do make it sound like this is our yearly royal rumble to choose a leader. But why the fuck else would Frost and Onyx also be doing it today? Right, no, exactly. I question how they run shit. It feels like it's all just meant to work on, like, what is the coolest thing we could be doing? Even if that cool thing is real stupid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hunters are terminally cool. Also, while I'm thinking about it, can we talk about the fact that every book is about my pride? Oh, I did notice that. She's like, oh, I I would do it, but my pride wouldn't let me. My pride won't allow me. And I'm like, why? 
And I think that was another thing with the first hundred pages. It was this constant reference to someone's pride, someone's pride, someone's pride. You could just do it because you want to. You could just do it because you're greedy. There are other deadly sins. Do it because you're fucking scared. Right. I guess pride is like the most, I don't, not even interesting. Just like, yeah. I guess, but like the thing is, I don't care about people's pride. Mm -hmm. That feels so, it's a shortcut to me. I'm much more interested to someone saying, oh, well, that person's really prideful, but, like, underneath that it's about, like, I'm fucking scared. I'm fucking terrified. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, he does it because, like, he's very proud of himself, and it's like, nah, he's just a fucking lazy asshole. He does it because it's easy. Yeah, it and it makes, it contributes to making all the vampires and all the characters feel the same. Yes, yes, yes. It just makes, gives somebody a different motivation. Christ's sake. Yeah. So the last thing that we have is uh, Kathy's dad. Oh, God. All right. Let's talk about fucking Mr. Minade. <laughs> All right. So listen, I'm not trying to fucking be uncharitable with the theming of this book. All right. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. You're reclaiming your life, your future, deciding not to live in fear anymore. That's good stuff. Yeah, real good stuff. Please do that. But listen, the framing is real bad. Yeah. There's so much. So in the other books, there's a lot of like um, italic sections where it's dreams or memories, backstory, etc. Mm-hmm. This one does it as well, and I hate it. <laughs> because almost every fucking time it feels like it's her dad being like, Gosh golly, kiddo, you sure are real nice to your brother. Boy, <laughs> Kathy, you know, you're you're special. You can do anything you want to. You're not like those other girls. Nobody can make you a victim but yourself. You're you're proud and you have every right to be. And no one, no one can take that away from you unless you let them. Unless you let them. I definitely let him kill you. I definitely let him enslave and abuse me and probably uh, sexually assault me. Definitely kiss me. Uh, we know that because she mentions at some point, like, Jaguar's kisses, where she's like, I only really had, you know, like, a couple high school boyfriends, and of course, Daryl. Mm-hmm. You're like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I thank you for not mentioning it, but yes, we know. Uh, right, like, nobody can make you a victim but yourself. This is just such, like, boomer nonsense. It is. Poor fucking Kathy. Right? Where the whole idea where, like, if you talk about the forces that have affected your life, that are impacting your ability to move ahead, you're letting somebody keep you down. Rule you. Like, if you acted against this, then somehow your life would miraculously be less Right? As if you got a fucking choice. Like, this man is not aware of systemic oppression mm-hmm. and uh, the fucking apex predator privilege of a goddamn white male vampire. <laughs> you know, you're aiming for self-empowerment, right? Like, oh, I'm going to take back my power. I'm not going to be a victim anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Right. But you swing with that and then you end up with things like turquoise saying some people have to abuse each other in order to survive, but this guy had picked the wrong life to steal. So, like, this implication that 
I, unlike those other girls, will not let you victimize me. These other, oh, right, and there's like the other, obviously all all women, mm-hmm. uh, that, that Daryl has. She literally calls them dogs. Like other people who have been broken, who've let him break them. Right? Like, it's gross as fuck. That's kind of why, like, it would have been nice if he had another gal who was, like, his new favorite. That she could be like, shit, I forgot that they were also humans. Like, who are you fucking fighting for? Right? Or how about we just fucking lob all of this blame that you're putting on Kathy for living in, like, fear of Daryl for a few years. And maybe just put it on Daryl. Right? How about the guy who's doing it? Right? Like, maybe nobody should be able to take that away from somebody else. Like, ignore letting them. I really would have liked to have had her break down some of what her dad said. Like, anything where she was like, he was not just innocent, but he put some bad thoughts in my head. He was so fucking wrong. Like, hi, thanks, Dad. I spent two years thinking that what happened to me was my fault because I wasn't strong enough. And to her dad and her mom and her brother. Right. Instead of Daryl did this. But the book doesn't frame it that way because Turquoise is strong enough. When she escapes, it's because she physically stabs Daryl. But it's all framed in, like, terms of violence, right? Like, Turquoise is violent enough to survive. She's strong enough to fight back. Where it's, like, really, like, laying the blame on people who don't. Right, being like, oh, they're so complicit and and soft and weak. Like, oh, they were the right ones to break. Yeah. Exactly. Like you said, the whole, like, oh, uh, the other girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the end, her father was right, and we all know he was fucking wrong. Right. And I mean, you can't even say, like, maybe we should look at her dad's statements critically. No, literally, the last words of the book are, in the end, my father was right. So. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> this character is so privileged, and the father is so privileged, and, like, uh, it would have been nice for anything to be a little bit more critical. Yeah. Between this and, um, like, the the kind of, oh, just stand up for yourself, just fight back kind of thing that we see here. And then also the way that people are broken in, like, uh, the Mavra. Like, the real Mm -hmm. ableist way that that manifests. Oof, yeah. It's rough because you you really dig in on this victim blaming for, like, the the victims of Midlight. Like, it's their fault, you know? Right, because, like, so even if it had just been Turquoise's... Kathy's dad being like, hey, you know, I'm trying to empower my daughter. I can see where he sees that's good advice. You're dealing with a fucking institution of human trafficking and and enslavement and saying that these people are, they're slaves, but they're not like fighting it. So I guess that that's just like their life. Right. Like, it would be a questionable theme in just a regular book about, like, abuse survival. But then we have this institutional slavery system where there are presumably other slaves off screen, even if we never see them. But uh, they didn't fight back hard enough. So, you know, that's their fault. (laughs) You don't fight back, I guess you get what you deserve. Like, that's a gross fucking message to walk away with. Yep. All right, I guess we got to ask some questions. Would you recommend it? Um, I don't know. It's really rough because, like, again, there are things that are interesting in here. There are things that I like. The last third of the book is way more interesting than the first two thirds. Um, I wish it didn't have slavery in it. Yeah. 
Like, I think I could recommend this one as long as I said to someone, like, hey, this is the stuff that it includes but does not deal with. Yeah, for sure. I I feel like there are better, like, maybe not vampire things, but definitely better, like, survivor narratives. Um, even genre survivor narratives that actually deal with everything. Yeah, I think I'm at, with this one, I wouldn't go out of my way to recommend it. Mm-mm. Where, like, I know I would have recommended all just glass to someone being like, yeah, no, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, or in the forest of the night being like, yeah, this is this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, don't fucking read it right. like I was with Shattered Mirror. But if someone was like, oh, I've got Midnight Predator, how is that? I'd be like, eh, yeah. You know, like, once you're done, listen to the podcast. It has slavery that doesn't really uh, acknowledge it appropriately, right? Like, It's got a lot of baggage that it doesn't unpack. Yeah. Yeah. But if someone was like, I want, I'm going to read it, I'd be like, that's cool. Like, I'm glad that we're at a point where we're going to stop with these and move on to something else for a little while because I'm at that point that I get with stuff where, like, I'm just annoyed by the world that exists here. Mm-hmm. And that kind of overrides everything else. Like, I really need a break. Yeah, which I guess we should probably mention. Oh, right. Yeah, alright, so hi audience. So we read Shattered Mirror and we'd only read three and we were like, uh, I can't do 17 of these in a row. Nope. Like, also, we want to read other stuff. Right, also, maybe you don't want us to read 17 of these Right, maybe in a row. you don't. And like, it's cool, it's a good place to break. Mm-hmm. Because we would next be doing the Kiesha, which is shapeshifters and stuff. And I, I super do want to read those because like, right. I got a theory that I'm still going to really like Hawksong. We're pretty sure those are good. Pretty sure some that there's some good shit in there. And like, I'm real hyped for it. And I'm really intrigued to see like how they are years later. Because I don't think I've reread any of them in more than a decade. So it'll be fun to go back to those. We just need need a little breather. So this is going to conclude season two for yep. our first Amelia Atwater Road season. Mm-hmm. All right. And we can't even talk about what next episode is, except for the fact that it is a reveal yeah. of what season three is going to be. I'm really amusingly excited for season three. I am also very hyped. Don't have to worry about these ones. Yeah, we know what their problems are. Yep. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be good yeah so next episode will be the author introduction uh, hope you guys enjoy yes indeed thank you all very much for listening also we have a new patron with mm. us uh we'd like to thank raven for joining us at the chill level very exciting yes thank you so so much i uh, hope you are enjoying the podcast yeah yes as always, people can find us at Twitter. You can come on over to Backlist Podcast. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Olivia Hennis, H-E-N-N-I-S. How about you? I am on Twitter at Endless underscore Run. And also you can find us on Patreon.com slash Backlist and Chill uh, if you want to get the episode super fucking early. Yeah, because they do come out like two three weeks early on on that but yeah thanks thanks and see you next time Bye. bye Make that a series. Alright, Vampire Hotel, right? That's the fucking title of the series. And then yep. you have Renee Montoya, who's hunting it down. <laughs> and she Renee discovers Montoya. it. And her and Turquoise end up totally being together. Uh, <laughs> trying to take it down from, like, the outside and the inside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, the comment about, you know, you try to kill 
Daryl. You killed Daryl. He's the one who's in charge of shit because he's the one running this place. And, well, I know. If it's Vampire Hotel, it's going to be Jaguar. Yeah. But whatever. And you, like, you work with Jaguar and you do the whole fucking Hellboy thing. Like, when I've killed all the monsters, there's still one left. <laughs> and he goes, please not now. Please don't kill me right now. I can help you take out other people. Don't you want bigger, better people? Like, Jessica for book two. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck yeah. I totally want to take out Jessica in book two. Let's do it. 